Welcome everyone to NRE the Wrestleverse podcast. I'm your host Eric Brown. Let's talk about oh god, there was so much that happened on Monday alone that I am honestly amazed that we got this far. And we're only at the halfway point. I mean <laughs> Oh god, I was stunned what happened on Monday Night Raw before the show. Which is sadly the only interesting thing about Raw besides the one thing that we want to talk about, but uh, we'll, we'll discuss that in a little bit as our main event. So before we get into the stuff that happened on Raw, let's talk about Vince McMahon's bizarre and weird. So Chris Jericho revealed revealed that um, during his Talk is Jericho podcast, during a special Cruise Q&A edition, uh, Chris Jericho talked about that Vince McMahon rejected, held that Chris Jericho had this big meeting with Triple H and talking about having wanting to have NXT talent be booked for the, his first wrestling cruise, the cruise of Jericho. Sail it on, man. Um, the, the Triple H was apparently might be for it, but like, uh. Uh, but Vince McMahon decided to nix the whole idea and that was not that was not actually um, the reason why and there's like loaning talent to other endeavors okay that probably would have been a reason and I would have been like okay it's Vince McMahon he has an over controlling nature fine whatever but reportedly according to jericho that wasn't the reason this is what he said so i talked with nxt for a while and then in classic wwf fashion e they finally called me in a group call with about seven people on it and it took 45 minutes to tell me that they weren't interested i was like you could just said hey guys we're not interested by 45 minutes the reason i found out was that this is so classic vince doesn't like cruises Oh god. Uh, oh god. Wait, did Vince have his own cruise for WWE back in the day? Oh wait, that explains everything. But this is what Jericho further elaborated on. Because he had just seen the news where I guess there was a cruise where a bunch of people got food poisoning. Something that happened where like, whatever, it's not going to happen on this cruise, I guarantee that. He was convinced that every cruise people die of food poisoning and he was like, yeah, he's worried that there might be problems with the ship. And I'm like, what, he's scared he's going to hit a fucking iceberg? We're going to Mexico, it's fine. So anyways, NXT passed, and as soon as that 45 minute waste of time call was done, I picked up the phone, called Cody, connected me with Hunter. Delirious, who connected me with Joe Koff of Ring of Honor. We had a Ring of Honor deal done in about 10 minutes that quick. So yeah, Daddy had a thing called the Wrestle Vessel. Solid name on that. Um, during the 90s, which was several themed cruises. And I'm like, is that the reason why? Like Vince being paranoid over food poisoning? Like, does he think he's going to be poisoned? Like, he doesn't have a lot of people liking him nowadays, but still, I don't think they'll plot his death or anything. This isn't like when the territories were threatened and their old school mentality was, we should get someone to get after this some bitch. He's broken promises, damn it. Promises are the most secret thing in wrestling. Until it won't be decades later, then we'll be screwed. So, 
Yeah, uh... Vince doesn't like cruises. You know, if you had just said you don't want to loan out contracted talent for outside endeavors unless you're going to do a show, okay, fine. That would have been all right. Annoying, but it would have been all right. This is something we would have expected. Like, it was a good effort on Jericho's part, but it was never going to be. Saying, I don't like cruises, damn it, because I had a failed business endeavor in the 90s, damn it. That's the only logical conclusion I got from that. So yeah, Vince, uh, could, could you just stop? Just stop, please? For God's sakes, can you please, for God freaking sake, stop? No? Asking too much of that? Okay. So, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about Raw, but, uh, yeah. Uh, apparently, there was an injury on Monday Night Raw during the... There was an injury at a house show... Uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana on Saturday, April 22nd, as he and Sami Zayn defended the tag titles against the Usos, again. Uh, during the match, Owen suffered an injury during the match, though Dave Meltzer of Wrestling Observer said, it was said Owens was said to be limping after the bout and needed help backstage. Owens was still seen limping for his run-in during the main event between Cody Rose and Sola Sokoa. While there were fears that the injury could be serious, Nelson noted on Wrestling Observer Radio that Owens was okay during the Sunday's house show in to Toledo, Ohio. Toledo, Ohio. He and Sarantine defeated the Usos for the second night in a row before they once again held Cody defeat Solo Sokoa. KO was limping during the Sunday's live event and it was believed to he'll be fine to wrestle on SmackDown. Yay. I can't wait to drop the titles because we wasted this entire year for a storyline that was going to be scrapped in favor of political agendas. Yay, we have morals. But yeah, uh, yeah, it was reportedly scary, and I and and like Kevin Owens getting hurt would have sucked everything. Uh, this is what we go through in wrestling. This is what the people go through in wrestling, putting their bodies on the line, and we commend them for that. But. Yeah, we, we they they should they should probably. Um, I thought for sure house shows were going to be extinguished after the pandemic because of everything moving more to television based and all that. But they wanted to go back to house shows. I don't know. I can't recall if they still do three hundred days a year, but that's probably different. Meanwhile, a former WWE title holder was back in Impact Wrestling. Uh, D'Lo Brown. Woo! But, um, yeah, D'Lo Brown was back in Impact Wrestling backstage uh, during the recent TV tapings held in Toronto, Canada on Monday, April 17th. Currently unknown if he'll be back involved at the Rebel Rebellion pay-per-view event, and uh, he did work the following day's TV tapings as the producer for Impact. It's unknown that Brown is back with the promotion of full-time, but he was universally loved during his previous run with the company. Uh... He returned to Impact for the third time in July 2019, signing a multi-year deal as a producer, and then transitioned into a talent relations role and served as column commentator till, from 2021 to till early 2022, before being replaced by what was originally um, Aiden English. Brown continued to sporadically appear on screen, notably as a manager of the reformed Aces and Eights in June 2022, who then and he then later departed Impact Wrestling in September of that same year. So. Yeah, and remember how he was at one point Eurocontinental Champion, where he held both the European and Intercontinental Champion? Uh, those were the days. Huh. 
But yeah, uh, it would probably be great for morale. There are other rumors going on in Impact, but we'll cover that when we can. But uh, I, I will just say this. Um, Impact might be ready to feel the glow soon. <laughs> Let's just say that. Meanwhile, um, all of the wrestling continues to be like, okay, so we have a whole bunch of events, right? Right. We have all incoming, right? Right. We need to trademark an old name for a new new era, right? Wait, what? So, yeah, um, AEW continues to bring back more and more old wrestling concepts because, of course, they did. And... <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um... Yeah, the concept of this was, like, me thinking, okay, we're just bringing back more historical events for the future. Uh, AEW filed a trademark for WrestleDream with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office on April 19th for merchandise purposes and pro wrestling events. I will not go over the entire terms of it, but, like, it, it basically goes with what you would expect. Uh, they previously had a WrestleDream show called Japan Super World of Sports promotion. Um... <clears throat> which was being produced funded by a eyeglasses manufacturer and yeah they poached one of the one of the top stars from all japan pro wrestling and they even had a working relationship with vince mcmahon which wwe because that's when the days when uh you know vince and would be more open to working with other promotions that wasn't pissing everyone off uh, but yeah, Japan's Super World of Sports had a, had this working relationship with Saw Wrestle Dream and Kobe, featuring the likes of Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, John Tenta, Bret Hart, alongside Minoru Suzuki and other people. They were then folded in 1992. So I think we could chalk this down as a probability that this didn't work out. So, Thunder Rosa has been out of action since 2022 of August, and Fightful Select had to report even further bad news. Still not clear to return, and uh, now she is set to, um, set, maybe set to do back surgery to fix the issue, and there's all been this drama between her and Britt Baker, and Tony Khan had to come out and state that, yeah, Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker don't like each other, but they are willing to set aside their differences if it meant doing business. Gee, I wonder if there's another group of people that should probably be thinking that. Okay, but uh, let's not keep talking about that part yet. Yeah, so Thunder Rosa may have to go have back surgery because um, that was part of the issues with her injury. And yeah, she at least has tried to make amends and apologize to the women's roster. And whatnot uh yeah and we all remember when she was stripped of the bell and they still were mad about that mostly because the promo wasn't as long as the cm punk one though i initially chalked this up to being like okay maybe thunder rosa just was very like we saw the promo i saw the promo and she looked way more emotional than punk was like every second she was speaking she wanted to break down in tears and i was like maybe she just felt like she couldn't really handle it much in terms of uh, having to having to go through this through this injury while she's supposed to be on this big hot streak, and then all of a sudden that's taken away from her and she has to relinquish. And she did try to relinquish it. She did claim she tried to relinquish it, but Tony Khan was like trying to see if it could work out in the end. Sadly, that didn't, wasn't the case. So, um, yeah, that that didn't work out so well.
But uh, if Thunderosa has to have back surgery, she's going to be out probably a lot longer than we anticipated. So maybe 2024 we can see her back unless a miracle happens. Well, let's talk about this event. Uh, Monday Night Raw happened this week as it, as, a, as it wants to keep maintaining its longest running weekly episodic television show in history status. Um... So, I do not watch Monday Night Raw. I do not watch WWE programming regularly anymore. Heck, I'm probably not even going to watch Backlash this time around because I'm still annoyed at the ending of WrestleMania. But, um... Yeah, the most dramatic part happened in Chicago. And if you know what I mean by that, you can already take a guess where this is going. So, CM Punk was backstage at WWE Raw in Chicago according to reports from both PW Insider and Fightful Select. Punk was visiting the backstage, was visiting backstage at the Allstate Arena. Several sources in WWE claimed that, trip, that Punk met with, briefly talked with Paul Levesque and other towns before being asked to leave the building. He all, and he said he also spoke with the Miz, according to Fightful's report. Uh, Fightful also wrote regarding the possible reasoning: numerous wrestlers in WWE believed that the move was a publicity stunt for a return to AEW soon. And it was Vince's call, according to PW Insider, to have Punk leave the building, and then he did so to sing his goodbyes. And he left without incident. So, we don't know the full details about that yet. Uh, but, a but more reports followed at in the subsequent day after that event. And, yeah. Five of Select revealed that further details about the interaction, revealing that Punk was looking to have a short chat with the WWE Chief Content Officer. Triple H was surprised that Punk was at the Allstate Arena, and they really spoke after shaking hands. Punk asked if he was able to hang around backstage, but Triple H said he would have to ask permission to have to get permission first. Which was not granted, and Punk was asked to leave by head of security Jim Kelly at the request of Vincent Kennedy McMahon. And many believe that that Monday that Monday episode was the first time they have spoken to each other, less more or less seen each other in person since Punk walked down to WWE at the 2014 Royal Rumble on the Raw after, during which he insulted Triple H over their planned WrestleMania 30 match, and the two men haven't spoken since. However, Triple H revealed in 2021 that he'd been in touch with Punk sometime in 2019 and or 2020. Punk was the host of that backstage event show, and. Uh, yeah, that was being pushed out because, um, yeah, it was, um, they, like, WWE backstage, like, they were going somewhere with it, and then Vince was like, no, we can't have that, because, uh, Punk's on there, and I hate them, and I hate him still. And because Dave Meltzer couldn't help but add fuel to the fire, he decided to go ahead and say that he was surprised by this event because it's not like he has friends in WWE. Or like It's not like he has a multi-year friendship with Kofi Kingston. Because that would be stupid. Uh... According to Dave Meltzer, WWE management and people in WWE is that they're all idiots thinking, oh well, uh, clearly Punk visiting us is clearly an indication he wanted to come back. Dave Meltzer even acknowledged that whether that's true or not, I have no idea. Obviously there were talks of him going back late last year, but he couldn't go because he was still under contract. My impression is that this was with Paul Levesque and not Vince, and my impression is that he didn't have any interest in him at the time. So whatever. Was there a publicity stuff for him to get publicity? I don't know. You have to ask him what his reasons were. I mean, 
<sighs> he did fly. It was also reported that Punk ended up flying from Florida to Chicago on Monday with, num with a number of WWE talents who were traveling to the show. Reports have also revealed that Punk was briefly backstage and talked to Triple H. Uh, some people still think it was a publicity stunt, but um, apparently this was the update from PW Insider that came out. PW Insider revealed that it, that Punk was in Florida over the weekend doing commentary for Cage Fury Fighting Championships and ended up on the same flight to Chicago as several dirty talented staff. Punk was sat next to some of the wrestlers, at which point he learned Raw was being taped in the All-Star Arena and he was later brought into the building by other dirty talents. And according to a video that came out from somebody, apparently one of his insider contacts was surprisingly not Kofi, but uh, uh, Tamina. Hmm. The more you know. Uh, Punk wasn't hidden during the, his time in the building, and he was in the common area in full view of anyone who went past. This caused Punk to bump into Triple H, and after a brief interaction, he asked if he was okay to be there, and if they could speak for two minutes, uh, if Triple H had the time, and then it was like, <laughs> he had to go and talk to the, the big guy, aka Vince McMahon, aka the guy who believes he's the god. Punk remained in the arena and spoke to several people, including the Miz, and the two spoke for some time, clearing up any issues they had in the past. While Daddy reportedly Punk was there because he wants to come back, because because the idea of visiting and squashing any beef, age-old beef was apparently out of the question. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, apparent, so this is what it basically was. Punk saw, heard Raw was backstage, was, was in the Allstate Arena, which is a few minutes away from his home, and he was just like, Oh, what the hell? I'll just go and visit. And some under contract with someone under contract with WWE who saw Punk also said it appeared he was just trying to kill off any past heat he had with the Miz, which could have been also why he wanted to speak with Triple H too, because you know that's all the reasons we can have. It's just a visit. Like, like everyone freaked out over this. Like everyone freaked out over this, thinking Punk was going to commit high-level treason. I'm like Vince rewrote the episode of Raw, and I wouldn't be half surprised if Vince was that paranoid because it's Vince. But like, with the idea that he just wanted to visit some people, just so foreign to a concept. Like, I'm pretty sure Vince doesn't know that Tony Khan once visited WWE when before AEW, and therefore Vince would probably now think, oh well, they're clearly trying to get information out of us, some dirt. We gotta prepare ourselves. We gotta rewrite the show. Damn it, we gotta rewrite the show. So according to uh, FIFA Select, um, the talent's reaction to this was run of disbelief. And Dave Meltzer added, saying that he had spoke that those he had spoken to were very surprised at Punk's sudden appearance at Monday Night Raw. PW Insider also indicated the immediate reaction within the pro show was the situation had to be some sort of lie. Punk being backstage was also not put together by AEW to drum up publicity. I mean like, duh. I mean, we have to, like, does anyone just not acknowledge the idea, hey, maybe he's just there to visit friends? Nah, it's punk. He can't have friends. Is that even humanly possible? He has to be an asshole to everybody. And, like, it's not like he has friends with Kofi Kingston last we checked and we haven't heard anything falling out between him and that, between them. So, yeah. So, as All In continues to, um go all in on this uh we finally Ticketmaster set the map seat map also has revealed the front row tickets and all the other tickets um 
Now, I am not an expert on British money to US dollar conversion. Hardly, I'm not even an expert on that kind of economics. But um, when I was look, when I was trying to at least try to find some conversion apps to do help me with this, uh, the prices for this uh, are seeming are between P9 to P1. So from P9 all the way to P2, it's between 30 to probably 500 bucks. Which, okay, that's a damn good sell. Well, P1, which is like really close to the ring, is 1500 bucks, which is like, okay, so you're probably going to get the very rich involved in this, or people who have a lot of time to kill. Um, I had written up that, okay, this looks like a pretty damn good incentive to make, the, to make the, everything accessible for the fans, because, let's be real, AEW is trying to make this show work. Especially since they're in the UK and that was and that was scorched earth by WWE, and then speaking out killed the scene, and then Vince decided to cancel NXT UK for NXT Europe, which hasn't gotten off the ground yet. So yeah, that was a bad day for everybody. Um, yeah, when I heard the ticket price, uh, I was like, this is. I, I wrote this. Um, these are surprisingly good ticket prices, really. P8 to P2 could re sell really well. Travel arrangements could be planned out in advance, and services that can be helped budget those expenses. I'm hoping for the best. And of course, I'm pretty sure the travelists are currently freaking out and plotting to usurp the Webley owners and send threatening letters because, of course, that's because, of course, AEW must fail for the god, for the god of Vince. And I'm just like, can we just enjoy wrestling? Especially the UK scene, they need some entertainment, especially given the cost of living crisis going on for them. Like, here's the thing, I've talked to somebody on Twitter about this, uh, how, you know, the whole cost of living crisis that's been affecting the UK scene and the incompetence of the government. And, yeah. He's not, he's not optimistic about the sales because of those economic factors, which, you know, is more reasoning and logic arguments than harass, threat, docs, and do other insane stuff. So, yippee. So, yeah, when I heard these ticket prices, I was like, okay, maybe they have still have a chance to sell. They, they have a projection of 40,000, so the 50,000 thing they heard was blowing their expectations. So, um... Yeah, and one of my buddies from the ATW crew, uh, Lex, is trying to see if he can go there because he has connections. He has connections in the UK. God damn it. So, um, that happened. And remember Tessa Blanchard? Yeah, we all remember Tessa Blanchard. Uh, she hasn't She's been kind of off the grid after the whole women of wrestling stuff uh, fell apart before she even appeared on screen. Probably having to do with selling a nuclear heat shirt because trying to make money off of a horrible event that happened between, with Tessa Blanchard that the reason why she was ostracized by the wrestling industry kind of was a dumb idea. But I'm going to chalk that up as a maybe. Oh, goddammit. So... Yeah. Uh, the last thing we heard about Tessa Blanchard was that she was that sometime she posted a photo of herself and La Rosa on 
on Instagram and that suggested they reconcile following the whole um, event that happened in 2017, trying to showcase that Tessa is changing and whatnot. But uh, yeah, according to NoDQ.com, several independent sources noted that AEW have shown no interest in Tessa Blanchard due to the past negative experiences a number of towns have had with the former world champion of Impact. Uh, so yeah, that might be out of the question. And with her father gone, her father not in part of AEW anymore, Tully Blanchard, any chance to have have her be her be her Jiminy Cricket was falling out the window. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, also, uh, WWE previously showed interest in Tessa Blanchard, but, um, they were also were like, yeah, Tessa, she's, she's had an attitude problem with us backstage before as well, and I was just like, wow, when the comically evil company that is so messed up in the, that has management so messed up in the head, is saying that you have a problem and you have an attitude that we can't even deal with it's time to really rethink your life but uh Day has previously shown interest in tessa blanchard but uh there's just a condition with it uh because Day doesn't believe in god knows what else uh Day is under the impression well tessa blanchard she could join us but she needs to uh join nxt as a developmental talent Goddamn. You would think she'd get the AJ Styles treatment. But yeah, neither AWE nor AWE changed their stances on Blanchard, and the persistence that she is difficult to work with has not been altered, though. Things could change, though, if she is how she is viewed by talent, by talent improves, or if either pro suddenly becomes desperate for talent. Uh, I think we're kind of good on the uh, desperation for talent that's out the window for a while. Especially once Endeavor fully merges with WWE and uh, they have to start laying off people again and then we'll be dealing with that issue again. Getting all pissed off over that. Also, uh, <laughs> Wardlow decided to go ahead and revealed, um, decided to add the fuel to the Goldberg speculation fire that, uh, in revealing, speaking with what culture at WrestleCon, Wardlow revealed that he and Goldberg had agreed to face each other if the opportunity arises. Saying, Goldberg did walk through just a minute ago and we exchanged words. I don't know what's happening behind the scenes, but we both mutually agreed that if the opportunity comes, we would love to see who is really is next. And he named Goldberg as one of the greatest monsters in pro wrestling history. Wow, that's harsh. Uh, Batista, Lesnar, Goldberg. I put those three in the same category of dream monster matches. I mean, we just heard Wardlow chants. We haven't had that since Goldberg. So I think Wardlow versus Goldberg, man, it doesn't get any bigger than that. It does not get bigger than Wardlow versus Goldberg. So, yeah. Here's the thing about the idea of Goldberg... And, and this idea, um, I want Goldberg, if Goldberg comes in to AEW, probably a long shot considering how much money he got from Saudi Arabia shows alone, uh, he does only one match and he has to put them over. No ifs, ands, or buts about that. And as much as the appeal of seeing Darby Allen fling himself around and, and showcase his rubber bones and see him get crushed into powder by Goldberg's spear, 
I kind of don't want to see that. But yeah, I, I I would be all for Wardlow being the last guy Goldberg fights. Wardlow, Wardlow, Wardlow. And imagine the crowd. One Wardlow does his entrance and they sing that, and then they go ahead and Goldberg comes out and is like, Goldberg, Goldberg, Goldberg. And then they be like, and then they get dueling chance as they stare each other down. With fans saying Wardlow, Goldberg, Wardlow, Goldberg. That kind of would be awesome. I just really just want Goldberg to just put put Wardlow over if they do that match, and then be done and call it a career after that. So um. Remember the Grizzled Young Veterans? So they tried to request the release and recently, but um, they've been denied. It's revealing, as the Today Daddy has denied my request for release, I want to thank you all for, for your support throughout my career. I'll never take that for granted. My contract with Daddy expires on the 14th of October, 2023. I'm excited to share our next chapter once we are free agents. And yeah. Our statements tonight are simply factual intend to keep our fans who have been asking questions updated. I would like to add that Joe Gracie and Ava Dodori are both boss and will continue to smash everything they do. Lots of love for both. So yeah, girls and young veterans have are stuck in WWE and of course the gatekeepers had to come in and say, No, you can't leave, leave WWE. Think about your family. Think about your money. Think about the money. Think about your family. Think about the money, whatnot. And I was like, I'm sure they've had this thought process for a while. It's not like this is a spur of the moment decision. This is sort of like how the Mustafa Ali situation happened, where he disappeared for like two months, and then about then he dis he disappeared for several months, and then decided out of nowhere to announce, "I have requested my release on from WWE." That was several months after he disappeared. So one can argue he probably thought this through with his family for three months, three to two to three months, and tried to get out of it. So, yeah. So Vince McMahon um, took over and made several changes to Raw, like I mentioned earlier, because of course, mostly the women are pissed. So yeah, according to PW Insider Elite, the WWE Executive Chairman made major changes to the show, changed the finishes to a number of matches, and only how the finishes will come about as opposed to altering the planned winners. The 77-year-old also added Street Profits and Cedric Alexander and Sultan Benjamin on Raw, even though we're scrapping the idea of having the Hurt Business reunite, because of course. Several segments involving female talent ended up being cut from the show, including a segment involving Candice LeRae and Piper Niven. This is the second time in April that McMahon scrapped a segment involving those two. The last segment, segment with Anna Pierce and several female talents were next to you as it was decided to t the time should be used to set up a six-woman tag match with damage control. Selena Vega and Tamina were both backstage at Raw, but didn't appear on the show, probably because Tamina was being punished, probably screamed at for bringing the traitorous rebel, rebel in. And I'm like, if that video is accurate, that came out. 
and Vince ultimately did not interfere with the Bad Bunny's creative and Rey Mysterio versus Damian Priest was left as the main event following Vince McMahon's meddling. Of course he did. So the biggest highlight on Raw that was talked about was the reveal of the new World Heavyweight Championship. Oh yes, the World Heavyweight Championship was unveiled for the world. And Paul Levesque said there needs to be a fighting champion on both brands. And the belt will be assigned to the opposite brand of wherever Roman Reigns goes in the upcoming draft. Ha! <sighs> God damn it. So Let's talk about the re let me talk about the design first before I talk about the continuity and politicking stuff. So um, the design and whatnot. So this is what I wrote after we had gotten a much clearer image of the belt. Okay, so now that we have a much clearer look at the new World Heavyweight title, I can honestly say it looks it does look good, but certain improvements could be made in my opinion. The most glaring thing I had I have had with it was the lions having the diamond studs over their eyes. They look like they're in pain in all honesty. The big W in the center for marketing purposes is annoying, but this is WWE, so I saw that coming. Honestly, it looks like since they simply took the big gold belt and melted the centerpiece with some glue and tape. And then um, I and this got a little bit of attraction on Twitter, so um, here's some comments I got from people. The text is hard to read, and they should mix the stones up a bit and make it look more striking. And I just wrote, and remove them from the lion's eyes. Uh, one of my, one, another YouTuber, Comic Book Bob of Wrestle Council, wrote, said this: "The logo needs to be small, needs to be a little smaller, and the detail needs to some shadowing to pop out. It's clear this is a homage to the big gold belt, and could work with a few tweaks." And then I just wrote, "WWE Championship creating committee meeting. Slap the logo, slap the logo." And uh, let's see, as that continued on, uh, the dirty logo is too big. I like the belt minus the slap the logo. That makes it look tacky. Reminds me when they slapped the big impact logo on the old TNA world title. It looks so bizarre, but at least they have another world title again. And then someone commented about my comment about the eyes and they say, oh my gosh, they do. And then I wrote back saying frozen in eternal agony. And they said, likely they saw Medusa, the myth, not the legend. And then I said, worse, they saw Vince. And one person commented on the politicking stuff. So um, this is what was the big topic. Sports Illustrated reported uh, the new World Heavyweight Championship was a Triple H decision as the content officer believes Raw needs a world champion with the belief being that Roman will be selected for Friday Night SmackDown. Some question why someone like Gunther, aka Walter, aka please for God's sakes call him Walter again instead of making me remember what the reason why he was called Gunther initially as Gunther Stark, with the Intercontinental Champion couldn't be moved to Raw and established as the brand's main champion, but multiple sources told Sports Illustrated that Triple H prefers having world champions on separate brands because even though the Intercontinental Challenge was initially designed as a world title for the workhorse side, uh, we have to ignore that aspect of history. So anyways, uh, let's talk about the political stuff we had gotten from this. So I went ahead and and talked talked to some people about it and they mentioned and this is what one person said that kicked up started the whole politicking side discussion of this of the world title. 
What it looks like isn't the real issue. It's more that it's an utterly stupid decision to even have it. And I just wrote, oh yeah, I agree, and wrote, Cody, finish the story. Triple H, the story is never finished. Me, more like, we're not going to even continue the story. And then they mentioned the whole, and then someone respond, came to me and told me about the whole Brock Lesnar holding the Undisputed title hostage, so Bischoff handed Triple H the World Heavyweight title. And then I pointed out that, okay, backstage politics-wise, yes, it led to the eras of the Reign of Terror and the SmackDown 6, but in storyline, it's a very different thing. Brock Lesnar held the mere one title and was originally set to fight Triple H after the latter one contendership. Uh, however, uh, SmackDown GM Stephanie, being a McMahon, rival of Bischoff, and recently ex-wife of Triple H in storyline, decided to sign Lesnar to an exclusive view in order to get one last McMahon spite in. We wouldn't get the whole part-time crisis till a decade and a half later. And yeah, we then start talking about the part-timer crisis and title lineage and all that. Uh, it actually gives an interesting thing about how the idea, how if we go by Lenal Champion, then the current reigning IWGP Champion is also the WWE Lenal Champion. So if we went by that logic, Vince should be probably pissing himself off and pissing off everybody and wanting to go back in time and probably stop, uh, let's see, Inoki winning the world title and never losing and being stripped of it. Uh, I talked, another person said, is it a legit world title belt because it's being given to in the keynote of Saudi Arabia and the last time a trophy and or belt was given on those shows, it got destroyed on Raw or simply forgotten about. And then I wrote, to WWE is a legitimate world title, Roman will still be universal champion because 1000. And then he wrote, uh, so basically the title is just a 24-7 title because until Roman is dethroned, you gotta be an idiot to declare yourself world champion if one if one of if Seth or Cody wins it, it's a petty rain, pity rain because neither got to be Roman for the real thing. And the reality is, no one should be Roman, sadly. Uh, I then and then they have this and then conversations continue saying uh, exactly this. It's the non-Roman title, and that will be and it will also have a knock-on effect on the existing second-tier titles, which now become third-tier tier. It's a mess, basically. Firstly, I would have Gunther dethrone Roman once the thousand days surpass. He's not faced Roman. He's got a faction that if he had Dragonoff will have an even numbers, and he's done remarkable with his Intercontinental title reign himself. They'll probably have him merge the Intercontinental belt with the belts, and then hijinks ensue. I just decided to write this. I call it the Deus Ex Machina World Championship. Triple H and several seemingly were bearing the stranglehold Roman has over the tiles, which is pretty much the equivalent of the whole look what you made me do meme. Where I'm pointing out that they could easily fix this, but they refuse to because logic. And he wrote back, and I got wrote back, uh, it's more Triple H's fault that it's in Vince's absence than it is in Vince's absence. He didn't build anyone up enough to beat Roman. Seth had some good to great matches in that time, and he's still over and still wasn't deemed worthy enough to face Roman during that period. Logan Paul got a shot instead. LOL. Oh, I agree on that part. That's a, that's a crime. And then I brought up Seth did have a match with Roman and in DQ and left unresolved, which is during the Vince reign. Drew almost became the one, but they opted not to. Cody Rose was their last shot in my opinion because it would take another few years to build the, up the, to be a threat to God Mode Reigns. Also, this new world title is actually a follow-up to a report after the Rumble that said had The Rock been available for Mania, they were going to introduce a bronze world title for either Seth, Cody, or Drew. Yeah, this was reported a little bit after the Rumble where 
it was going to reveal where Triple H was considering bringing in a new world title had The Rock been the one to win the Rumble and fight Roman. They were just going to say, eh, we'll just slap, we'll just give them a bronze world title. I'm sure that's not going to piss anyone off, right? Right? Yeah, WWE does not get this, do they? And I had this conversation, and then they, um, then, as this continued, uh, someone else responded saying, It's a stupid decision only if, one, the two belts for Roman are not unified and Dodie ends up with three world champions. Cody wins this as a constellation prize instead of defeating Roman. Is there any reason to believe that any of these will be true? And they wrote back saying, They are reducing the importance of what Roman has. They are making the new title feel pathetic. And I guarantee, and I can guarantee Cody will win it. It's been Vincent again. And then I wrote once more because, uh, to make fun of WWE, I wrote this. Okay, smart guy, how would you solve the problem of getting the title of WWE title of Roman, and yet maintaining a soon-to-be 1,000-day reign as Universal Champion? And I just said, and I would say this. Two out of three falls match for the both titles. Cody or Sammy take the WWE title while Roman retains the Universal title. There. I, I solved the problem. I solved the problem, everyone. We can fix this. We just have to go and borrow something from WrestleMania 2000, which I must remind everyone, Triple H was at that fucking event. He was the main event. So he should know that that is an obvious solution. Saying, we don't have a solution, even though there's a solution right in front of you. You were there over t over 23 years ago. You could solve this right now, but you refuse because, uh, stupid. We're all filled with stupid idiots running the dead AOE. Oh my god! How the hell will we ever survive this? So yeah, uh, yeah, uh, as you can tell, that just me offering the obvious painful solution and that would have solved this whole mess, I was annoyed that Daddy just didn't go with it. So, yeah. <laughs> Look where we are now. Meanwhile, let, and last but not least on this, uh, Latino World Order is doing pretty damn well, but uh, that, that's a different matter altogether. <laughs> They've been selling pretty well in the merchandise scene since coming back onto the scene with Santos Escobar, so naturally they're going to have Roman beat them all up eventually and screw everyone over. Because Roman must be the most powerful force in WWE. So yeah, those have been my, uh, this is the third episode of, of NRE WrestleVerse Podcast. I hope you all had a good one. I look forward to seeing you all again. And oh God, it is just so funny, isn't it, at this point with WWE and their issues with people and logical solutions. Oh man. We'll have to see what happens next down the road, but we'll see when we get there. Uh, uh, this is your host, Eric Brown of NRE, the WrestleVerse, New Year Reality Entertainment, host of NRE WrestleVerse Podcast. Feel free to like, comment, subscribe, check out my content in the description below. Go on YouTube, follow me on Twitter, NRE Reality ENT. And stay tuned for more. I'll see you all again next time. Take care, and I'll see you all soon. Peace.